Hi, welcome to the Second Breakfast Podcast. This podcast is designed to serve more of God's Word to His people. I'm your host, Tyler Velasic. Joining me is Mike Greiner, pastor at Harvest Community Church in Western Pennsylvania. Each week, Mike brings a sermon based on 1 Timothy, but what he doesn't get to bring is all of the things that he learned which don't fit into that specific sermon. So, we are here to go deeper into those portions of the Bible from the weekend's message. Since the Bible is food for our souls and the sermon is like a meal, this podcast is designed to be like a second meal, the second breakfast. All right, second breakfast. And like a couple of hobbits, eating up breakfast once and then eating up breakfast again. We love the Word of God. We're still hungry. You know, Jesus says man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So this week's portion of the Word of God is from verse uh, chapter 1, verse 3. And four and uh, around there. Um, so why don't, why don't I read some of that? I would love for you to. Okay. He says, as I urged you, I being Paul, urged you, Timothy, upon my departure from Macedonia, remain on at Ephesus so that you may instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrines nor pay attention to myths and en- endless genealogies, which give rise to mere speculation rather than furthering the administration of God which is by faith. Wow. Okay. You had something to say? Okay. Do I have something to say? Yeah, you look like you had something to say there. Wow. I mean, like the people listening can't see the way that I look, but you should have seen my curious face. I did see it. Questions were just written all over they it. They were. So. Uh, well, yeah. So one of, the thing that, one of the things that you and I, we've talked about before is... That is this thing about endless genealogies and different doctrines. And I think that this is just so much fun because we have the Bible. Like the, these words were written, you know, approximately 2,000 years ago. And Paul says, listen, you're going to be in church. Somebody's going to come to you and they're going to tell you something that's wrong. Don't listen to him. And for 2,000 years after he said that, we're like, hey, that guy's saying something different than the Bible. I'm going to listen to him. <laughs> we still don't get his warning. Yeah, well, you know, that's a great point um, in, in that he said in A.D., what, 60, probably 62, um, to tell people in the church who are doing strange teachings to shut up. <laughs> and now you're saying in 2016, um, people still listen to strange teachings <laughs> yeah. in the church. They're in the church and they're listening to people teach the wrong thing. It's right there. Paul said it from the beginning. He said, look, there's different doctrine. Stop it. But no, that it doesn't matter that he said that. We're going to keep with our strange doctrines, don't we? Yeah, well, I think that the reason that's an important point is because nothing, there's nothing really changes. If, if you will, the church itself is born again every generation. I mean, it's not that there's not history. It's not that there's not tradition. It's not that we don't learn from the past. Uh, we do. But just like a family, a family 100 years ago with a mom, and a dad, perhaps, you know, young people get married mm-hmm. and they have children and those children learn to, to grow like children do. You know, they grow and they learn to walk and talk and eat and they disobey in the same ways. They, and some of them get spanked and conform and some of them rebel. The family of a hundred years ago looks a lot like the family today. I mean, sure, you have splintered families today, but if you were to assume a single mom hundred years ago, single mom today, there's a lot of similarities. A marriage a hundred years ago is a marriage today. Sure. A lot of similarities. Same with the church. 
And, and, and it's like the church itself is born again every generation. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it, it, it's, not, it's not like a one life where you learn from your mistakes and you don't make that mistake again. Uh, families mm-hmm. repeat mistakes all the time. There's families going to be repeating mistakes that were made 20 years ago by, by their parents. And uh, they're going to make the same mistake. Yeah. So, so that's pretty normal. Interesting thing, nothing to do with uh, this text, but, but what you said brings it to life is um, uh, Chesterton pointed out, he said that, that whenever a baby is born, the whole world is remade. It's brand new. That's beautiful. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Yeah, because he says, uh, you know, kids never experienced any of it. And it didn't exist for that child at all because the child didn't exist. So the world is kind of born again every time a child is born. And and I think there's a similarity here. There's not going to be an end of people teaching strange doctrines. And that means there can't be an end of diligence for people to correct them. <laughs> and that means God has to continually attend his church and supply Paul's and Timothy's. Well, not Paul's, but Timothy's and uh, and the Bible helps us you know that's one of the things the bible does here it is he, right if if, he, if paul had written down romans and galatians and timothy we might not know a lot of what was supposed to sustain us help us correct these things through the ages ah and i think that kind of something you said makes me think of these different doctrines so you're saying that what if we didn't have galatians and what if we didn't have ephesians and there's people out there that say well we don't have the Book of Enoch. Why aren't you guys reading that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's because they're nuts. <laughs> um, actually, I shouldn't say that. Um, it's not fair because caution. Hey, hey, there are. I, I think I've. What's the guy? Rick Joyner. Has yeah, his, nice. He has a prophetic. You could, you could turn off this podcast now. Well, not now because you have to wait till you hear what I'm about to say, then turn it off. Um, and here's what I'm going to say. You could go look for Rick Joyner and watch his video cast or whatever. And um, and he's got a guy search search Book of Enoch. He's got a guy with him on a video cast, and the two of them together talk about how the Book of Enoch should probably be read by all Christians. Oh boy! It didn't make the Bible. It's like it's like should have <laughs> like the Bible's. Uh, they well, they messed up. They messed up. It should have been in there, um, and that's exactly the thing that Paul is telling Timothy: Don't let people do this, because what they're doing is they're giving rise to speculation rather than furthering the ministry. Let me, can we break down this verse a little bit to make sure we all... Okay, so this is, this is uh, verses three, and, three four. and four? Yeah, he says, as I urged upon my departure to Macedonia, he, he's like, I'd already told you this, but now he's writing it down. Okay. Stay at Ephesus. Remain on, you know. Okay. <laughs> it's like he's signed on to Ephesus. Um, Swing away. Timothy could work anywhere uh, where God would lead him um, because... The role of church leadership is pretty much the same. Wherever you go, it takes the same uh, kind of things. But he wants him at Ephesus. In order, largely, one of the first things he tells them is to instruct certain men not to teach, to, 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 to have conflict. I want you to have some conflict with some people. Yeah, that's a, that's a difficult thing to say. Timothy's probably a nice guy. He doesn't want to be coming up to people teaching in his church, telling them not to teach. I tell you, as a church leader myself, conflict is... It is the, it's the yucky part of the job. It, it's not. It, I'm always. I'm often tempted, when seeing someone who needs to be confronted about something, I'm often tempted to say, 
well, what if I just don't say anything? Maybe the person will shape up on their own. It'll work itself out, won't it? Because I don't like conflict. I don't want to fight. I don't want... Because these aren't hypothetical people. They're real people. When you talk about, well, Timothy, of course, needs to do this. These people are teaching strange doctrine. It seems simple. How hard could it be? You got strange doctrine teachers. It's like... Flush them out. Yeah, you can imagine guys walking around Ephesus and they got a t-shirt on that says, I teach strange stuff, listen to me. <laughs> and they're weirdos, but they're not weirdos. They are family members. They have a wife who's involved in this or that and children involved in this or that. I'm going to go talk to the dad. It's going to offend everybody. Yeah. And they know a lot of people. And who are they going to offend? And maybe they tithe. <laughs> and they're going to take people out of the church with them. They might they leave. Down. They might yep, leave. That's that, right. That was my that was my favorite teacher of false doctrine that you just kicked out. <laughs> yeah, but they don't. They wouldn't say they're false doctrine, right? But yeah, you could like uh, it, you yeah. know us reading it now. Their single defining trait is they're false teachers. Yeah, we don't know about the rest of their personal life. That's lives. right. They well, nice in, guys. in this case, they're teaching strange doctrine. He tells them not to teach it. I find that language interesting in all the commentaries I've been reading on First Timothy, they talk about these false teachers. But I think that's a little, I think we have to, to put these guys in more of a gray category because he's not saying kick them out of the church, which is what you do with a false teacher. And there are a couple of guys, Hymenaeus and Alexander, who we're going to come across very soon here, who he does say he turns them over to Satan, perhaps kicks them out of the church. But these, this is obviously other guys who Paul is saying to Timothy, instruct them not to. What if these men listen to Timothy and say, Okay, I was blowing that thing. They're, they seem to be insiders, church guys. Yeah. Um, so you're not treating them like outsiders. You're instructing them, don't don't teach these things. Um, but what they're doing is they're paying attention to myths and endless genealogies. Not much is said about that. It's as if God, the Holy Spirit, does not want us to know what the myths are, nor the endless genealogies. So what does he want us to know? I think this comes back to your... Your comment, um, the myths and endless genealogies of the first century may not be the false teaching of the 21st century or the 18th century, but it doesn't matter. Whatever deviates from the truth in your culture, in your time, whichever gives rise to mere speculation rather than furthering the administration of God, which is by faith, that is what church leaders need to instruct men not to teach. Does that make sense? I Should I repeat it? Okay, I think it does. So so we have the things that should not make it, well, they didn't make it into the Bible, and they should not make it into our teaching. Where is the line of things that should be taught in church? Oh, that's an excellent question. Um, I think what we have is something, when we hear the word the gospel, the good mm-hmm. news, the great news, Okay, we often reduce it, and not wrongly, to very simple formulas of, um, like Paul will in chapter 2, he's going to reduce the gospel to a very simple formula. He's going to say there's one God, one mediator between God and man, even the man, Christ Jesus, who gave his life as a ransom. Um, Okay, that's the gospel in a simple formula. There is God, and to get to God, you need Jesus. Jesus died for you. Um, The wages of sin of death, the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Or John three sixteen, mm-hmm. simple. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. These are the gospel. If someone takes and writes it into a little track to hand out to someone, and it has 
four spiritual laws or four points or steps to peace with God or whatever you want to call it. That's the gospel. However, it's a shortened form. It's a truncated form of the gospel. Um, and it's not the, it's not the whole bit, if you will. It's a summary form. It's the cliff notes. Okay. But the cliff notes are enough to get you saved. I mean, if you believe in Christ, die of your sins, you can be saved. But when we see what Paul wrote to the Romans, for example, where he was not able to plant that church, and he, as an apostle to the Gentiles, felt a responsibility to make sure they understood the gospel correctly. So he writes out for the first, um, really, 11 chapters, uh, a great detail about what the gospel is. He talks about sin and righteousness and just justice or in faith and, and how, how that works. Uh, and, and that's the gospel too. It's just explained mm-hmm. over 11 chapters, right? If you read Galatians where you had Judaizers coming into that church and teaching the wrong thing, he spends chapters discussing the gospel. Um, Paul said uh, in one of his letters, I determined to know nothing before you except Christ and him crucified. What does it mean? He walked around saying, <laughs> that's it. That's <laughs> Christ it. and him crucified. Christ was crucified. And now, cause he, he also said to the same people, I used to teach you night and day mm-hmm. from house to house. Well, heck it wouldn't take that long. If all you said was Christ and him crucified. He, he, there's a content to the gospel and it involves it's centered on Christ. Listen, another way to put this is the central event of the Bible. What, the whole picture of Judaism is the cross. All, the whole sacrificial system of holiness was to lead up to the cross. Mm-hmm. And the cross is the greatest act of love in, in all history. And it's where God saved the world. And Jesus, of course, rose from the dead. And he's coming back again. And all that is the gospel. It's centered on the life of Christ, what Christ did for us, what he will do when he returns, and salvation. That makes up the gospel. Absolutely. All right. So if first, if it comes from outside the Bible, and you could get into something that's full of speculation, but also there's obscure texts in the Bible that, let's say they're not centered on Christ and Him crucified, they're, they're, they, they may not even be that important by themselves, they're only important because they're attached to other things. Okay. Like Leviticus so 21.20, which tells you that a dwarf can't be a, a priest. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> That I know, right? A As dwarf. if life wasn't hard enough. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's just not right, is it? But hey, that's the way God is. Dwarves couldn't be priests, and, oh, or nor could anyone, it says in that verse, with eczema. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, do we want to freak out on eczema and talk about the spiritual ramifications of eczema? Because what does that have to do with Christ and him crucified? Right. It's a small part of a bigger picture, and that is the holiness of the priest. And that's how it connects. Um, Genealogies, uh, family histories, Jews are into that, obviously, because the Bible is filled with genealogies. But ultimately, it doesn't really matter who your grandpa is. Um, The... uh, what kind of things do people speculate today that aren't centered on the gospel? You mentioned one, the Book of Enoch. What, what kind else? of things? Yeah, I mean, well, there's uh, there's like uh, Dan Brown books that people base their <laughs> theology off of. You have angels and demons, and you Wait, have Dan the Brown books are true. That okay? Well, I don't want to go on record as saying that. <laughs> Wait, you mean you mean you mean the holiness isn't done by pagan sex rituals, uh, and God is 
and the Vatican isn't really covering up the idea that well, God's a woman? Well, the, the jury's still out on that one. <laughs> According and, to the Bible. Jesus didn't die on a cross, but he actually lived with Mary Magdalene and yeah. children. Mm-hmm. And there's a secret lineage all over the place. Yeah, that's one. Um, but you see, that's so interesting. Yeah. People, people, that's fun. People want secret knowledge. Yeah. Give me something no one else knows. Give me the dirt. Well, look, what's to be known about God has been declared to us through Christ. And there aren't, there isn't secret knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's right out in the open. How about um, the uh, the Nephilim? Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the uh, what are they, sons of angels? Isn't that well, right? No one knows what they are. Yeah. It says the sons of God came and, you know. Reproduced with? Uh, with... with the daughters of men. Yeah. And people yeah. argue about what that means. And they had big kids. Yeah, I, big big fellas. Are they talking about <laughs> Samoans? Samoans are big people. I don't know. Um, just, just I'm not trying to start endless speculation. But the point is, as interesting as that might be, the answer is nobody knows. Nobody knows. It, God just puts it in there, and you're going to have to take it for what it's worth, and, and you can't understand more. But there are people who really get into it, and they'll write stories about it, and they'll speculate yeah. on it. And then people will fight about the speculations or argue about the speculations or be fascinated with speculation. I've seen it with a demonic. Yeah. Speculation about what, like hierarchies of demons. Oh, Cause oh, I've, yeah. I've seen that. I've seen people saying that there's like, there's different classes of demons that yeah. are like, you know, if you really got to be tempted, you're going to go to like a tier one demon. No way. Haven't you heard? That? Yeah. There's, I've heard of, I haven't heard that. That's very interesting. Yeah. Tier one demon is, is, is that, so there's demons who could out-tempt like other demons. class demon. Well, I mean... I you, want the, like, plebe demons, like the idiots. <laughs> yeah, like the, the ones in the screw tape letters that, you know, yeah, who, his, uh, his nephew. Yeah, I want his first day. He doesn't uh, know what he's doing. Seat. He accidentally shoves me into doing good deeds. Um, yeah, but, well, that's that's right. Um, remember the book, uh, This Present Darkness by Frank Peretti? Um, I've never read it. Okay. No. Well, see, this is the age difference. Yep. I'm 30 years older than you. Well, back in, I okay, think it was so the, Frank's the 90s. Spaghetti. No, it's Frank Spaghetti. That's, <laughs> it's not an Italian joke. Um, Frank Peretti wrote a book that, that just became a bestseller for Christians. I read it myself. It was very interesting. It was like Stephen King okay. with Christian stuff. For Christians. Um, Frank Peretti's This Present Darkness, and he was he wrote a story about this town where where it showed you the behind-the-scenes demons right so mm. so like when there was a professor woman teaching some sort of secular humanism it, 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 seeing in the spiritual realm she had this demon on her head with its claws stuck into her head ah, and every course. time she talked the demon was helping her talk those darn and, professors right and when a christian would pray that demon would like shrivel up or get weird or go ah, of praying. course like a raisin in the sun the demon. yeah so so people you know they're speculating now i'm not shooting down frank peretti it was fiction <laughs> but i think that kind of fiction can be dangerous if people take it seriously, take it take it as gospel. He doesn't know what the demonic world looks like. He doesn't know that people have demons on their head, mm-hmm. and they don't they don't have claws. Yeah. Um, but like you were saying, with the hierarchy, you got so called responsible professors like C. Peter Wagner, who came out mm-hmm. of Fuller Seminary. Uh, I don't know if he's still there, uh, and 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 people like him who were saying that we need to map demons. Yeah, yeah, you had to map them. You could go what? to another country, you find a demon possessed person first. You have to, I don't know how you know it's a demon-possessed person, but you find one, and then you ask the the, the, the demon, because you talk to the demon. Okay. So you say, demon, 
Because, you know, Jesus talked to a demon once and what's your name? And they said, yeah, he said, we are legion. Yeah. And then he kicked him out, sent him into pigs and away they went. Um, Well, you could, therefore, based on this, you should be able to interview a demon. Ask the other ones. Yeah. So just like we're talking, you just chat with a demon. And so they'd ask the demon, what's your name? And he'd say, you know, porcupine head or whatever his name is. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then he'd say, okay, who's in, what are you in charge of? And he'd say, I'm in charge of this region of the Ukraine. Well, who's your boss? Really? Give, yes. They'd give the name of another demon. Right? So, so has this actually Rex. has this actually happened? They've yes. mapped demons. Seri- pe- so-called, so-called serious theologians, missiologists, because because I tell you, missiologists feel like they can get away with this because Americans, uh, are American Christians, are supposed to think as soon as you leave the borders of America, demonic activity it all changes. Happens. Yeah, no, but not here. Yeah. So this weirdness. So so you go over there, and and they actually say that in order to do evangelism, you have to first map out who the demons are in control of, say, Russia, and then the country, the state, the city, and then you can pray better because you can pray against and you can bind and cast out and all that. Listen, wow. can I tell you something? Okay, it's stupid. <laughs> If someone's teaching that in the church, this is where Paul would say, go tell certain men not to teach strange doctrines. That makes a lot of sense. He doesn't say, right, this isn't the kind of person he would kick out of the church. Right? These are Christians we're talking about. You say, you've got to stop teaching this. But we have to do this. I hear your logic. I can even see a coherence in your logic. But you, you have an epistemological problem. You like that word? Epistemological? <laughs> yeah. That's good, right? If we were playing Scrabble. You know what epistemology you is? You just won. Uh, okay, so epistles are letters no, from the apostle, no, 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 no. right? Not what? epistemological. Oh, epistemological. Epistemological. Like a, like a pistol, like a twenty-two mag? No, 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 no. A no, deuce, no. deuce? Dude, you have not yet had to take in your college credit collection of your life a philosophy course, which is good because I'm not saying they're interesting, but... Epistemology is the study of how we know things. Mm. How do you know things? Well, I don't know epistemology, so there I you go. Well, but there, there could be a study of how people know things, right? Well, you have an epistemological problem when it comes. How do you know that demons are over certain cities that you can name? How do you know first that that's a demon inside of the person? How do you know that the demon? He's telling you the truth. <laughs> I guess you can say in the name of Jesus. He has to tell the truth. Okay, it's like, like, yeah, I don't know. Um, how do you know that the demon mapping is of God? And you're gonna. It comes down to you're gonna have to take the word of the person saying he knows, right? And that creates a a, a kind of more spiritual than you person who brings you knowledge. And people love this. It's a very simple idea. People do it all the time. Some people say, well, you got to listen to this guy. He brings a prophetic word. How do you know his prophecy is true? He's so close to God. He fasts. He's close to God. Of course it's from God. He's a godly man. You're not saying he's not godly. Okay, so now you have someone. There's Because he's godly, mm-hmm. he can actually bring you knowledge that you can't get from other people. And that's an an epistemological problem for me. How do I know what he says is from God? Because he tells you, well, right? Because, and because he's so close to God. Yeah, and, and instead, better to, to instruct certain men like that to not teach strange doctrines. Mm-hmm. Um, stop that. 
<laughs> just stop that. Stop teaching this spiritual mapping thing. You don't know what the heck you're talking about. You're making crap up. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so I guess like uh, as I'm trying to summarize this for myself. But instead, teach the gospel. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. So okay. So I'm sum- trying to summarize it for myself, and what I'm seeing is like uh, you're. We're saying here that like in the entire story of the Bible, you have a main character. Yes. That main character is Jesus. Yes. And uh, you know. He's a he's a jealous God, right? He doesn't want he doesn't want other teachings kind of stealing the show. Is that fair to say? That's so, fair to say. Yes. So whenever you have, so when it, it sounds like a lot of these people are trying to, you know, get their foot in the door of the Bible and start out by saying like, well, there's this little part, but you know, it's kind of not centered to Jesus. It doesn't focus on the main character, and if it doesn't focus on the main character. Why would Jesus care that they're teaching things that don't focus on the center point of the Bible? Because you're getting away from the gospel. Why, would, why does that matter? Because he desires you to be saved. That's right. We're not saved because some guy has some brilliant insight that the rest of us don't have. We're saved by the message of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. Not some kind of wild theory about the book of Enoch in the end days. That doesn't save anybody. Doesn't save anybody. And and so, yeah, so you got to stop them from doing this. In fact, he gives a contrast, and we should hit that. In verse 4, he says, after saying, instruct these men not to teach doctrines or pay attention to myths and endless genealogies, strange doctrines, which give rise to mere speculation. That's almost a sign. How do I know this is troublesome? It, it leads me to speculation, not certainty. Okay, there's certainty in the Bible for, right. for doctrines that are plain, that you can read and see it's right there. But instead, we're speculating on things you can't see in the Bible and say are plain. Okay, but then it gives a contrast. Rather than that, Rather than that, you should be furthering the administration of God, which is by faith. Mm. So there's doctrines which further the administration of God, which is by faith. Um, In the New American Standard, that terminology is the stewardship, Stewardship. not administration, from God that is by faith. Mm. So stewardship's a... That's another $5 word right there. Yeah, stewardship is a $5 (laughs) word. Well, actually, the goal... um, the, the 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 word in in Greek is kind of cool. Um, if I'm going by memory here, um, I can look it up real fast. Wouldn't take that long. But uh, by memory, it's it's um it's a household. It's it's household. Uh, uh, what is it? It's 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 household management. I think it means household management. Well, let me let me look it up. Okay, um, but yeah, go ahead and look it, it would up. mean. Um, Oikonomos. I didn't even find it yet. It just came to me. Right there. What is it? Oikonomos. Oikonomos. Which which literally would be translated sound like house law. Okay. But it's not exactly what it means. It means the way you manage, the way you administer, the way you... And and, and so our English translations, which are very good translations... We don't really have a an oikonomist word, so they're, right. they're coming up with words that are that's a really good stewardship translation. is uh, kind of close. It and administration. The same so there's doctrines that actually manage the household of God right. Okay, and those are the ones which you're supposed to teach. Anything gets you away from that, but the ones that that uh, he throws in, which are by faith, 
So you're managing the household of God by faith. You're administering the household of God by faith. Um, so faith is a central point of the gospel doctrine, trusting in Jesus, knowing Jesus, being a part of that. Um, so anyway, uh, I don't know. I don't think that's that profound, but I was just trying <laughs> to point out that there is a, there's a, there's an other side to this. Um, read the, read the next verse. The next verse, this next verse is awesome. And I think that it should be like one of the central doctrines that every church should read every week okay is an awesome verse are I'm you talking about you verse, explain why you verse think five after you read verse five verse five because now i want to know what you're gonna say yeah wow <laughs> pressure's on you, so, you just set that up verse big. five you said every church needs to do this. the bases are loaded you better be right gotta hit the grand you slam blow this. <laughs> <laughs> we're all don't blow this all right so it says the first five is the aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith okay and and that is crazy. As somebody who's been in the church for essentially all of my life, I never even I never really paid attention to this verse. But it's whenever you're unfocused in the church and you can see so many unfocused churches and they they care about too many things. They care about people care about who's going to be president and what the latest political issue is and who we're going to war with and what the homosexuals are up to next. And there's all these things that they care about, but Paul is telling Timothy, he's saying, look, don't, don't worry about those things. Forget about those things. Don't worry about that stuff. What you need to worry about is love that issues from a pure heart. So you're saying why this is most important is because it centers our focus on love. Yeah. It's, it says the way that it reads to me is he goes through the, the things which people in uh, Timothy's church are doing wrong. And he says, okay, you got endless genealogies, you got speculation, you got a lot of riffraff, there's stuff going on, but you know, forget about all that. Focus on love. If you focus on love, then you're in the right direction. Well, I think um, I agree with you. Uh, let's look at it even even closer. So he, he already tells us in verse 4 that rather than speculations, we want the, the teaching that properly administers God's house. But he adds more. And he says the aim. The aim. What's another word for aim? Mm -hmm. Direction. Direction. Goal. Goal. I like goal. Let's go with that because that's where you're ending up. The goal of our charge is love. This is goal of our charge in in, in English Standard Version. Um, but another word for that is instruction. The goal of our instruction is love. Either one will work. The goal of our commands is love. If you're teaching something, the goal is love. Mm -hmm. That issues from, and then there's it issues from three things. And I don't know if we have time to get to those three things. <laughs> Pure heart, things. good conscience, sincere faith. But let's just sit with that first half. The goal of our instruction is love. The reason we mm -hmm. teach is what? Is love. And what does that mean, love? That, <sighs> that in your life. Yeah. Okay, if I'm the pastor, and I am, and yeah. I'm teaching... And mm -hmm. I do prophetic. Uh, see how that happened. <laughs> and then I'm teaching and, and you're sitting, you're saying, okay, here's a sermon. I'm listening to pastor Mike and I, he's teaching me from the scripture. If I do it correctly and you receive it correctly and the goal is love, what changes in you? Oh. <laughs> what does change? I should be actively loving someone. Ah, so or you, put, you put the God word, more. you put the word active in front of it. And I think you're right. You should, that's it. 
you should be loving someone or God more. You're exactly right because those are the two great commands. How do you actively right. love God more? Now, you don't have to answer that because it's exhaustive, <laughs> Thank you. obviously. How do you actively love others? There's a thousand ways. But sure. the point is the goal of the, of the sermon is to get you to do it. Mm-hmm. The goal is not to make you brilliant, to give you special new insights. Oh, there's that noise again. That's the noise. That's the noise that says, says we've reached half an hour. Well, I think it's a good place to stop because that's probably the most important point we have. The and, and goal we just, yeah, of our we just got to the application. We got to the application. And I think it's so cool that Paul, at the beginning of his letter, says, look, if you're not going to get anything else out of this, just know that the, the end goal is love. Yeah. You're teaching your result in people loving God and loving man more. Really? Mm-hmm. That's, that's what it should do. Um, you know, uh, another place Paul says, knowledge puffs up. Love builds up. Love builds up. And, 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 and you can learn doctrine, false doctrine or even right doctrine, with a motive of just enjoying learning. And there's nothing wrong with that. But then forgetting why you're doing it. You can even become proud. Look how yeah. smart I am. Walking around using big theological terms. Epistological. Epistemological is not a theological term. It's a philosophical <laughs> term. So ha ha ha. But you could still be walking around talking about sanctification and the doctrines yeah. of grace. And what do you know about this? And glorification mm-hmm. and the order salutis. And, 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 and oh, how smart you are. Mm-hmm. But. Sounds puffy. In fact, you are nothing but a useless windbag. <laughs> If it does not result in you loving God or others more. Well, <laughs> that is a, that is a great way to identify people. Well, you know, I plagiarize. <laughs> I'm plagiarizing Paul. They are useless windbags. First Corinthians 13. If you do not have love, you may prophesy, you may, but you're a noisy gong, a glanging symbol. You, you're mm. without love. You're nothing. Yeah. And so the, but the goal of instruction you're not going to, someone's like, well, I'll just love. I don't need the Bible. No. The goal of the instructions is to teach you how and to empower you too. The goal is love. That's where we're, we're aiming. So, okay, well, I, I, we can't talk about anything more important than the most important thing. And we've already done that, the cross and love. Yeah. So this is a good time to wrap it up, right? Okay. This, that's a great time to wrap it up. So we'll take time it up here next week at uh, First Corinthians, excuse me, not First Corinthians, First Timothy. Yes. First whatever. No, that was horrible. I'm going to get struck by lightning for that. It's the Bible. We're going to get our second breakfast has come to an end. It's almost second lunchtime. Um, So we're Mm going to come up to 1 Timothy. We'll start in chapter 1, verse 5 and uh, next time. But if you want to hear the sermon uh, that accompanies these texts, you can go where? You can go to harvestpa.org. That's right. Harvestpa, as in short for Pennsylvania. Dot org. Also, if you have any questions, um, you can send them to Pastor Mike at P.O. Box dot com. Pastor Mike at P.O. Box dot com. Or if there is a linked email on uh, this particular podcast, you can send them there also. Also, last time we were here, we asked for some uh, uh, conversion stories. If you and, and specifically, if you could, could say I was converted, I remember the day. Like Tyler and I both would say that we kind of had a season of conversion. We we kind of just kind of, it took weeks, and we kind of just said, oh, yeah, I, I'm in. And, and right, you can't pinpoint an exact moment or day. Yeah, some people really like, uh, you know, they understand quickly. I think for you and me, it was like, 
we just slowly understood. We're like, oh, man, I understand that part now. What's the next part? Right. We couldn't no, just guess, get it all at I once. I guess I'm in the club. Yeah. Um, but many people say, okay, I remember this day. It made sense. I turned from darkness. I saw the light. The scales fell from my eyes. I had a road to Damascus. 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 From, I can't say those words. Remote road <laughs> to, to Damascus. Story, right? Yes. So if you have that story, I want to email it. We'd love to hear it. Um, and if you do, we'd love to actually add it to our podcast. Now, we're not, we haven't done it yet. We might not do it next week. It might take us a few weeks because uh, we want to save up the good stuff and give you time to send them in. So, And your conversion story is the good stuff. Yeah, that's that's the glory to the glory of Christ, and that's the best stuff. So until uh, next week, breakfast is over. It's time for you to pray. Breakfast is I over. last time. Yeah. Not that I don't enjoy praying, but I think— You're, you're handing off I the want, prayer shawl to me. Uh, uh, prayer the shawl. podcast listeners can't see it, but we have a prayer shawl. He's lying. We have no shawl. <laughs> He's making this crap up. But in any case, I think we should at least share the, the, the joy of praying. So it, it's your turn. Sure. Okay, yeah. Uh, thank you, Jesus, for giving us your word that feeds us. Thank you for telling us succinctly that the aim of our charge is love. Thank you for letting us know that above all things that we need to love you and that we need to love people. Uh, God, I pray that we will be able to do that. I pray that love will be our total charge. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. See you next breakfast. All right.